Coming to you live from the most powerful city in the world. Welcome to the Sideline Junkies. Sponsored by Anchor FM. Take it away, fellas. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning into a very special edition of the Sideline Junkies. Redskins special. Myself, I'm BJ. I got KG along with me. What's going on, KG? What's happening, brother? How you feeling? Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm excited for this special segment that we're starting this NFL season. Redskin, Redskin talk only. We're gonna find a a good name for this segment, but right now it's just a Redskin special with the sideline junkies. We're gonna give you our takes, and um, please don't get offended. Please don't, um, you know, take it the wrong way. This is just our take on. What's going on with the skins? What we think should go on with the skins? We got a lifelong Redskin fan in KG, and he going, you know, he going to shoot it straight from the chest. It's not going to be filtered, and we don't care if we hurt anybody's feelings. So, you know, it is what it is. So, with that being said, let's dive on to, I think, probably the biggest topic uh, that's happened to the Redskins so far, and that's Ruben Foster going down with the torn ACL day one of OTAs. KG, how, in your opinion, how big of an impact is that? I, I think it's a very huge impact because with the Redskins not having, um, oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank, uh, uh, Mason Foster. I don't believe I got to pull up the roster to make sure I got everybody right. Well, I think but, I think Mason Foster, uh, I think he is one of the ones on the chopping block. Let me let me double check. You're, you're right. Okay, but in every every lineup that they have, he's still a part of the team, but he's one of the ones that they're looking to let go at inside linebacker. Uh, with not much experience with the inside linebackers, you got a rookie in Cole Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, young guy Josh Harvey Clemens, Sean Dion Hamilton, young guys Demarcus uh, Gates. Those again, and you know, BJ Blunt. Those guys are young. They don't have the experience. And Ruben Foster was supposed to bring something big to the table, and this is a. I, I think it's going to be a pretty big blow. But with the the reaction to it, I think. That helped out a lot. Um, here, here's what I don't understand, and this is this is me looking from the outside. And like I said, you know, I I follow the skins. I, you know, I enjoy enjoy watching them and rooting for them. But I, of course, I'm not in depth as you are with the Redskins. But here's here's my thing of Ruben Foster. Why is it that? And, and I don't I don't want to be insensitive. Of course, I don't want to see him hurt. You know, he 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 had his charges dropped. He escaped that, got that behind him, you know, and that's clear. It was time to play football. But everybody's sitting here acting like Ruben Foster's the second coming at middle linebacker. He hasn't he the, the two seasons he's played, he hasn't even played two full two a uh, uh, full season. So I don't understand. I mean, if we're talking about upside, I get it. You know, he, the tremendous upside. But now you got to see if the guy can stay out of trouble 
and if he can produce on the field in the scheme that the Redskins run. It's funny you say that. Because when they signed him, I was the first to say no. Because he hasn't played. Now, granted, when he's on the field, you know, he's pretty, pretty disruptive. But he hasn't played a full season. In his career, he has one a total of 101 total tackles. Now, that's 16 games. If you're giving me 101 over a 16-game season, you play every season, I mean, play every down, and you're giving me over 100 tackles, hey, I ain't got no problem with it. But I need you to be on the field for that whole time. Yeah. 2018, yeah. you played six games. Ten games in 2017, none last year. But I need you to – did I think he was the second coming? No, I thought he would help out this defense. I thought he would disrupt some things because we've been lacking at middle linebacker since London Fletcher retired. I mean, London London Fletcher is a different animal. Yeah. You know, that's – that. I, I don't think – I mean, I guess it's fair to compare that, but that's, that's a – But we haven't who, – who's taking over at, at middle linebacker since – London Fletcher left. Now you had a, a London Fletcher clone in Compton a couple of years ago, who was better at rushing the passer than he was. I mean, you know, London couldn't cover every tight end, but he would give it his all, and Compton used to give it his all. But they were, you know, undersized four. He just couldn't get it done. We haven't had that leadership, that oomph at middle linebacker since London retired. Well, I, I don't think. The team. I, I mean, personally, I don't think you were going to get the leadership from Ruben Foster. I mean, no, no, no. That's where Ryan Kerrigan steps in it. But, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Where you know, because I mean, we enjoy London Fletcher and his skill set in Buffalo, and when he was there with Spikes and the other boys, that that was a top rated defense. So I I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, but I think this is where. Like, from from what I hear and the vibe I get from from Twitter and Instagram, it was just like that 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 position was solidified and that this guy was Pro Bowl level and you know you just lost something really big. You lost a lot of upside. You lost the potential because we don't know what he can do. Mm-hmm. You don't know what he can do. You know, we're not even talking about off the field stuff. We, that, you know, we're not talking about that now. You know, prayers go up to him. I hope you know he has a speedy recovery because they're talking about there might have been artery damage in the leg, also. So, and then here, here's where I think the bigger, bigger loss is the bigger drain on the team. First day of OTAs, you have this major injury, and now. That has to play into the psyche of the team, the organization, a little bit. Like, what is good? I mean, if, if you, when you're looking, I mean, if you read everybody on Instagram, too, it's like, what is going on? Like, it's it, we're cursed, and, and that that's the vibe you get. Like, what is going on at Redskin Park? What is going on that these catastrophic injuries keep happening? You know, like I said, I, you know, no matter what team you root for, you don't want to see anybody 
get injured, you know, in that way. And, you know, when I say that, I'm talking about, you know, physical injury versus pride hurt. When you're playing your rival, of course, you want to hurt their pride. You know, you want to stick them, hit them in their chest. You know, you want to hit the receiver going across the middle, not to hurt him, but to send him a message. Don't come across here again. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about physically Ruben Foster getting carted off the field. It's not something you want to see. A couple of years, right. a couple of years ago, even if you didn't like Kobe Bryant, he, he tore his Achilles. It's like no, you can't go out like that. Mar- Mariano Rivera, when he hurt himself, it's like no, it, no, we, he can't go out like that. But I don't know, KG. It's just. I don't know what's going on there. And I know injuries happen all across the NFL, but for me, it's just, I don't know how to, what to put my finger on at, at Redskins Park. You know something? And I've heard a doctor say this, and I think this may have been the case. It, it wasn't, uh, I'm not going to say it was the team, you know, not evaluating and not doing physicals on play, but when you, are used to doing something. I mean, you got muscle memory and everything, but when you haven't done it in quite some time, when's the last time he played? 2018? In the first half of the season? Yeah. He hasn't played since then. Now, who knows if he's done any type of football but this was, since But then? this was non-contact. Right. But now, when you don't do any football activity and you don't do anything of these drills and you're going out trying to do something new and you're trying to do what you normally do and you go to move, you're going to pull, strain, and even tear things. So, and I'm not saying that it's his fault. I don't know what he did in his downtime. He could have been in the locker. I mean, in the weight room, killing it. So, but I'm not sure. So, so let me ask you this. Since you said that, let me ask you this. Since you said that, then whose responsibility is that? Now, let me, because I'm, what I'm saying is, we already know, and we've seen it firsthand here, that if you leave it. And the player's choice, RG3, they're going to play whether they're hurt or not. They're going to go 100% to get on the field. Ruben Foster has something to prove. Mm-hmm. He had to put the offseason behind him. He got a fresh start. Just like Doug Williams said, he got a fresh start. And it's time to it's time to, to put up. And he was ready to go. Now, where do the Redskins officials come? But like, look. We noticed the first day of OTAs, but we're going to keep you over here in this box. And you're going to warm up. We're going to give you an extra 30 minutes to warm up, an extra hour to warm your your body up, to get your body loose before you step on the field and, and walk with these guys. Because these guys you walking with, most of them played last season. Mm-hmm. You know, most of them, you're, you know, you're – you you've had, you know, a bumpy off season. Uh, you coming off of eighteen where he only played six games, so right. you know it, I, I don't know. I, I'm just I know we're talking but about that, grown men, but at the same time, we're talking about a team making an investment, right? Right, and that's where uh, position coaches. Um, head coach, defensive coordinator, that's where all of those guys come in at. That's where Jay Gruden, even up to Doug Williams, and I I put it on Doug Williams because 
I don't think everybody goes to Bruce Allen, but Doug Williams, the senior vice president of player personnel, uh, Doug Williams, Eric Schaefer, uh, Alex Santos, those guys, um, Greg Minuski, uh, Rob Ryan, who's the inside linebackers coach this season, should have got together and said, look, we need to ease him into this. That's what you should have did. You should have said, hey, we're going to ease you into this to get you ready because we want you at peak. We don't want you near peak. We don't want you to peak too soon, but we, should, we want you at your peak. But they, I mean, they got to take a little bit of responsibility too. They dropped the ball. Now, during his, uh, I don't know if you want to, wasn't it, was it truly a suspension? <sighs> it, we're going to call it a suspension. <laughs> during, <laughs> during his suspension, you know, he wasn't allowed to come to the team facilities. He wasn't allowed to uh, really have any contact with the coaches. You could speak to upper management, but you couldn't speak to the coaches. Okay, so he wasn't able to go to the team facilities to work out and work with the trainers and work with the coaches. But once that was lifted, immediately you should have been calling him in there three times a week to see where he's at. What are you eating? What are you doing? Okay, this is your playing weight. We got to get you back down here. Or we got to get you up to here if he lost weight. Things like that. I don't know what they did. And I'm not going to blame the coaching staff or management. This is not me being biased. I can't blame them for something if I don't know what they're doing. And I don't feel that that's – I think it was just a freak accident. They say he was dropping back to cover a bootleg. And he went to go step. And don't everybody – oh, it's the turf. Let me tell you something about Redskin Park. Outside the bubble, that turf that's outside, that is the greatest piece of grass you'll ever step on. And it's well-maintained and taken care of, better than what it used to be. Because I remember that grass used to be brown. So it's green now. And it's very well taken care of, and it's a level field. So don't say it was the grass. It was just a freak accident. I hope you're right, brother, because this is May. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's just it's, it's a long, long battle. So, and But guess what? It's May. Yeah. He can possibly still come back this season. Yeah, I mean, just – Definitely, depending on how his rehab go and how his body heals, absolutely, you can see him back. You know what? What are we talking? December? Yeah, about end of November, Thanksgiving, probably in the end of the season. Especially, um, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Uh, we go into the playoffs. You, you'll see him in the playoffs. Well, the same day they put Ruben Foss on IR, they signed John Balsick, journeyman, uh, six-year vet. Um, even though he hasn't started his whole career, he's only missed, uh, I believe, 10 games his whole career. So do, I would say, you know, I would give him a, the durable tag, you know, durable. Um, but who for you, who steps in, do, do they make up with Mason Foster now and keep him around? Because I know him and Vernon Davis were names being thrown around to be cut to save some salary cap. But now that this injury happened, especially with Mason Foster, where are they going to do? Or, or you do or, you know? Or is Holcomb the next man up, or is it going well, to be by committee? Well, that's the thing, you know. With the linebackers last year, they rotated the middle linebackers in and out. That's the way it's always supposed to been. Uh, Kerrigan, the D line, 
and the, the inside linebackers were rotated out. Kerrigan and whoever the outside linebacker. So Kerrigan and Sweat will play every down, pretty much. You just swap them two back and forth, probably put them both on the same side, something like that. But you can have a rotation at outside linebacker because you have a Ryan Anderson. Now you have a John Bostic, and I wish Big Jim was here. And he could tell you how good John Bostic is. I remember him last season talking about how good John Bostic is. But then also you have Mason Foster. Yes, I would make up with him. I would uh, <laughs> let him know that, yeah, hey, all that stuff is in the past. We need you right now, brother. But I said that before. <laughs> but um, you, you also got a young guy, Sean Dion Hamilton, and a young guy, Josh Harvey Clemens, as well as Cole Hoker. But this is where the depth at linebacker, it's gotten a little deeper, but you kind of, this is where a Preston Smith would have been pretty daggone good because Preston Smith uh, created havoc from the inside sometimes when they use him out there. But he's an outside linebacker, but he could play inside. And this is where the loss of him hurt. And this is the guys that you let go. Uh, 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 this is where it hurts at. But, hey, you're going to have to pull five, six guys together and platoon them and make it work. You know you know what I'm, I'm sitting here thinking? My, Sweat's going to be playing the opposite of Kerrigan, right? Right. All right, now, here, here's something that's not on the uh, the format. And I'm, I was just sitting here thinking when you mentioned Kerrigan's name. He had 13 sacks last year. Are you going over or under on Kerrigan now that Sweat's on the opposite side? Over. I'm going over, too. I think we're going to be in the 17-18 range. This year. If he, if Sweat comes in and he is what he is, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to, to double and, and pay attention to Ryan Kerrigan like you once right. was. But now here's the thing. If Sweat's on the other end, let's say he is wreaking havoc with Kerrigan, man, you can play middle linebacker. <laughs> Pretty much. But then it's not only that, because you – now – they were talking about, they said the front seven of the Redskins might be the scariest front seven because you have Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis. And I love Matt Ioannidis. He's not a nose tackle. He's not a D tackle. He is a defensive end. But when you put him in the middle, he will crash in the pocket of form. It'll be a nice cup and everything. And all of a sudden you see Ioannidis coming down the middle, screaming like a madman. And then all of a sudden, you got Kerrigan coming to the outside, getting hailed. You got Jonathan Allen. Those guys, like, you know, I think they they used to do they do what we used to do in the huddle. Hey, look, we're about to have a meeting at the quarterback. Don't be late. And that's, hey, that's how it's supposed to be, too. Exactly. So, and I, But when you got all of that going on just in the front seven, you got those three behemoths who, I mean, I love Matt Ioannidis. I love I know you do. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. You probably have your Matt Ionidas socks on. Pajama pants. Okay. And then, you know, I'm a huge Ryan Kerrigan fan. I believe he is the showstopper, the icon, the main event. <sighs> a little bit of WrestleManiacs there. Sorry about that. But if they start actually calling the game the way it's supposed to be called, 
Ryan Kerrigan gets held seventy five percent of the plays that he comes to, around the corner. But see, but that's that that's where my point goes to about Sweat. I think Kerrigan is what he is. I just think that if that's all I got to worry about coming on your, you know, as far as rushing a quarterback, then I can pay special attention to him. Now, if I have, you know, Sweat and I have to worry about him, I can't focus on that opener's that opens up Ionitis pain. Mm-hmm. That opens up those guys. And then depending on how the front is playing, it, it, the, the guys behind them, the linebackers, who if it's Boston, if it's Holcomb, if it's who at Mason for whoever it is, that leaves makes makes their job easier if they have to it, the more you have to worry about on a defense. And I and I and, and I we, we can go back to last season. And I'll make the example out of the offense. Once the, the defense is playing, the Redskins knew that all we got to worry about is Adrian Peterson. We'll take our chances with Alex Smith, or we'll take our chances, especially when Alex went down and, and Colt came in. We'll take our chances with that because AP is not going to kill us, though. And it's the same thing. If all I got to worry about Kerrigan and Payne ain't really making no noise, I and Alex can make noise, but. Kerrigan's your superstar. Kerrigan, you know, can can get past when he, you know, m- most one on one matchups. Kerrigan probably will win that. So you, you know, you you might send some extra attention that way. If you can't do that, it's going to open up more things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think Sweat is going to be really interesting to see what type of uh, and, and he got a big test because Philly Week One. Mm-hmm. You know that's a passing offense, you know. Mm-hmm. So you you're gonna get to see that that uh, what type of impact those guys can have up front. So, but think about this. You know who's gonna who's gonna come out looking very very good if now this if and and winning <laughs> this uh, front seven plays the way that they're supposed to. No more injuries. Everybody's healthy and they just they just wreak havoc. That's secondary with whether it be uh, Landon Collins and Troy Apke or Landon Collins and Monte Nicholson. Um, those corners and those safeties are going to look so good because they, they don't. All they got to do is cover their man, and once they cover their man, you're not going to get the ball off. And if you try to go underneath, the middle linebackers do what they got to do. It's over. I'm glad you brought up the cornerbacks because I got a bombshell at the end of the end of the, this segment here. So um, let's move on. We want to congratulate Joe Gibbs for being elected to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Indeed. And man, do you realize I don't you, you have to sit back for a minute and just think about what it would take to be a Hall of Famer in any sport. And this man is a Hall of Famer in two sports. Two sports. Sit back and think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Just think about how many people dream of being the next Michael Jordan, dream of being uh, Joe Namath, Steve Young, you know, dream of running around like Michael Vick. To even get to that level, to become a have a career to be a Hall of Famer is special. But to do it twice, it's just on it, – it, it, that's, that's on another level. It's on enough. It shows you the hard work 
and dedication he's put in to both sports and being recognized at the highest level is amazing. You're absolutely right with that. I mean, looking at his career highlights, I mean, of course we know first coach to have three different starting quarterbacks win three Super Bowls. Um, Two-time AP coach of the year, been a sporting news coach of the year three times, uh, pro football weekly, uh, Redskins ring of fame. Then you go to auto race. You take a break from football in 93 to start a NASCAR team. You're a four-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, two-time Xfinity Series, and three-time NASCAR Daytona 500 champion. All in the span of 26 years, because when he came back to the Redskins, he was still running his team. I mean, even though his son was pretty much the, the, the forefront, he was still running. Yeah, he was. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just amazing. Three-time Super Bowl winning coach. Uh, one of the most innovative minds on offense. Uh, he, he went from perfecting the Air Coriel system, bringing it here to Washington, you know, going 0-5 running that system. Then he says, you know what? Smash mouth. Let's go. And that's what the NFC was known the 80s and to, I'll say about the mid-90s. The AFC, I mean, the NFC East was known. Black and blue. For Exactly. Smash my football. We're gonna run it. We're gonna run down your throat. We're gonna we're gonna go one receiver, two tight ends, and we're gonna go. But this and, and you just saying that right now, just just it just amplifies his greatness because how many coaches that we watch in various sports that are so stubborn and will not change the way they coach? <laughs> I don't think we got enough time, fingers. Or probably even tally marks account. One, you got to swallow your pride because you're coming in on your high horse with, you know, something that worked and you've been doing this the whole time to to ball it up and be like, it's not working. We got to try something else. That's not what this team is made for. I have to do with this team, just like what Baltimore is doing, trying to tailor the offense to Lamar Jackson. You'd be crazy if you didn't. He's a first round pick. He's a playmaker. Why would you not tailor the offense to his strengths? That's what you're supposed to do. And that's what Washington is supposed to be doing with Dwayne Haskins. Mm -hmm. And which goes into our next topic. Do you feel like that they have enough around Dwayne Haskins for him to be successful? And do you like what you hear coming out of camp right now? Uh, what I hear coming out of camp right now, I do like it. I like how they're talking about um, Dwayne Haskins is like a sponge. He's soaking it up. Not only that, you have Colt McCoy talking to him. You have Alex Smith showed up the first day of OTAs. And, you know, they got a picture of him throwing the ball, but he was just off to the side throwing. It wasn't nothing really serious, but it sent Redskin Nation into a, a tizzy just to see him out there, which is great. But he has not only that, I, I, I haven't heard anything about Case Keenum and him talking, but I'm, I'm hoping that him and Case Keenum are having conversations. Um, Him and Josh Woodrum are having conversations. Those quarterbacks are getting together and having conversations. So he's getting 
the mental preparation from veteran guys. Then on top of that, he has a Darius Geis behind him. He has an Adrian Peterson behind him. He has Chris Thompson. Um, as far as weapons, if I mean, if Bryce Love is ready for the season opener, that's another weapon he has. Um, looking at the receivers, I really don't want to say Paul Richardson, but he got Cam Sims. He got Trey Quinn, who's a great slot receiver, in my opinion, for this team and in this system. I'm not saying he's the greatest slot receiver, so don't take that the wrong way. Um, Terry McLaurin, uh, Kelvin Harmon, those guys. And McLaurin is his college teammate, so that's a little bit of familiarity. Then also yep. have Josh Dotson. You got a Jordan Reed, a Jeremy Sprinkle, a Vernon Davis. And then you have the bodies in front of them because Tony Bergstrom was brought back. We still have Tyler Catalina. Uh, if they do right with Eric Flowers, who cannot play tackle, please don't put that man in tackle. <laughs> Move him over to guard. Do what you did with Brandon Scherf. Brandon Scherf couldn't play tackle in the NFL. You moved him over to the guard. If not the best guard in the NFC, he's one of the best guards in the league. I say top five. You have the best tackle. I give you that. Yeah. You have the best tackle in football in Trent Williams, protecting his blind side. I mean, you got horse. No, I'm sorry. You got horses in front of him. So I feel very confident. I mean, normally everybody wants to look at the receivers and the guy. Now, I want to see the guys that's in the trenches. I want to see those O-linemen. And I've always said it. One thing about O-linemen, I'm old school. And I don't know if you probably remember this. Um, the Saints, they had an offensive line. It was Willie Rolfe, and I can't name all the guys, but when they broke the huddle, they were one unit. They walked out, they held hands got down their three-point stance, and they dominated you. And only thing that kept them – they didn't have the most talented quarterbacks. But, gee, me, Christmas, they had road graders up front, and they had a vicious defense, the Dome Patrol, if you don't remember, with Pat Swilling, uh, Sam Mills, and those guys. That's the feeling that I'm getting with this team. I'm, like, we got something special. I don't want to call it lightning in a bottle. I want to say this is formula number nine, and we've bottled it. This is our formula to win. I'm not expecting Super Bowl this year with this team. Playoff berth. The next season, division title. The next season, you get to the NFC Championship game. Then you make an appearance in the Super Bowl and you lose. Then you're constantly in the NFC Championship game. Take it back to Redskin football. You have the talent. All you have to do is harness the daggone talent and use it. Got to put it together. And we talk about that all the time. It has to be put together in a system that works for which will be the, you know, eventual franchise quarterback of the team, which is Haskins. And I might have to go back on my prediction. You might, if, if, if everything goes like it's going now, you may see Haskins week one. You might see Haskins week one. I'm just saying. I'm 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 a I'm gonna say something, and I I may cause 
a little controversy, but I really don't care. Because as Eric Bischoff says, uh, controversy creates cash. But I watched the replay of RG3's season opening win against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. And that was a systematic ass whooping. And they went down in a game that nobody had them winning with a rookie quarterback. And he picked them apart. And I said to myself, I said, what happened between that game and the Atlanta game when he got knocked out? Like, dude, you were running. You got down when you had to get down. You were making smart throws. And I would love for Dwayne Haskins to watch RG3's entire rookie year so he can watch where everything the, – the, the wheels fell off. Yep. I want him to watch every press conference. You know, certain things that he said that then I was like, okay, he's young. That's just you speaking. But he lost the respect of the locker room. I want him to watch that and say, you know what? He went right. I'm going to go left. Do – I mean, take certain pieces – but do the exact opposite. That's it, and that's all. Yeah, I think I think with Alex Smith, with Colt McCoy, Doug Williams, Jay Gruden, all the people that they've brought in, I did, like this is this is this is your future. This right here is make or break the Redskins for the next five to ten years. Because if this goes south, then you have to find you another QB. You know, this is the man you're putting, you know, all your marbles in. And, of course, you still got Case Keenum if they feel like he's not ready. But I think, I think by the time, you know, we get to preseason, I think I think, I think right now Haskins and, and Case Keenum, I think they're really impressed with what they see with Haskins. So we'll see. We'll see. But I agree, I, but I agree with you. You know, you definitely have to learn from the mistakes of the past and not repeat those. But at the same time, you can't shelter him to not make mistakes because he has to learn and be his own man and be his own player, and he has to learn his own way. So in that way, I, you know, he, he has to do it on his own. That's where the discipline comes in. If you want it, which it seems like he does, you're going to go get it. Right. You know, so nobody should have to follow you around and say, hey, kid, you're not supposed to do this, you're supposed to do this. And it seems like he gets it right now. So that's that's very, very – it's just very positive to see that. So um, moving on, we almost finished the Redskins segment. Uh, really quick, uh, DRC – will be representing the Skins for this uh, 40-yard dash competition. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be – it's DRC for the Skins. There's a couple players. You got Alvin Kamara, Ted Ginn, Tariq Cohen, Robbie Anderson. I don't know why Mark Ingram's on this list. He <laughs> – Trey Waynes, Kevin uh, Beard – and Buda Baker, um, the two fastest people from just the 40 times they ran 
Uh, it, of course, Tay again, and it is Trey Wayne's, and, and of course, DRC, but he ran a 4.3 in 2008. So, DRC, that was 11 years ago. Yeah. So, but hold on to, to, to his credit, Daryl Green's still running I, a 4.3. That's Daryl Green. <laughs> and Daryl Green. That's Daryl Green was 42 years old and he ran a 4-1. And he said, I ran a 4-1 and no shoes. That's, and he said, I ran a 4-2 and borrowed spikes. What, what, I mean, what are you saying? That's, that's Daryl Green, though. That's that's 28. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different monster there. Whole different Darryl monster. Green, Daryl Green turned 59 this year. He'll be 60 in February Bruh, coming. Guarantee you. And he probably could still I run a 4-3. He could probably still run under 4-5. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. We had to reach out to him and, and see what he can do. But um, our last, our last question before we leave you guys with our first Redskins special of the year, brought to you by the Sideline Junkies, presented by Anchor FM. Big question: Does do do the Redskins cut Josh Norman before? June first. Who? What do you save? Eleven million dollars on that? Eight point five. Eight point five. Um, Zach Brown and Stacy McGee cleared up some some cap space. They released those guys. Yeah, um, Zach Brown was the one I couldn't think of. Now. Do you feel like Josh Norman's a playmaker? No. He was in Carolina. He was his uh, first season here. He had three picks. He's only – he's been here since 2016. That's three seasons he's been he here. He only has six interceptions total. Six interceptions total. And, and now, he – Last year he, last year he had three. The year before that, he didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And he, the first year he had three. Right. But he had 19 pass defenses. That first year he was here and he was getting picked on. He's getting a lot of times he's getting burnt. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this because he's getting paid like a top corner in the league. Mm-hmm. Is he a top 20 corner in the league? I might have to give him top 20, but to be paid what he is paid. I think they, I think they paid for the name. And once he got his money, that was it. Because it, this is where it, this is w- what happened with, and what messed it up for me. You signed a five-year, seventy-five million-dollar contract. Okay, um, major the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history, right at the time. Mm-hmm. But as the highest-paid corner in NFL history, I'm expecting you to. You're my number one. I'm expecting you to cover the number one. So, in my mind, this is what I'm thinking. If Megatron is on the right side of the field. I expect you to line up across from Megatron. I don't want to hear, oh, I'm a left corner. That's the only side I cover. That's where I lost faith in Josh Norman because he doesn't follow the number one. Because if that's the case, I could put the number one anywhere on the field. I know you're going to be on him. So I can can have a dang on field day. And see, and see, that's this is kind of where I have the issue with that also. I've heard I've heard a lot of the Redskins are misusing him. And, and 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 if that is the case, then that's shame on the Redskins because, like we say, you, you invest in something, 
you put your money in something, you have to use it the way it's used. That's just like me going to buy a Lamborghini to plow the snow outside. It, it, it's just not going to work. It, 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 it's, it's just... It's just the way it is. If he's being used incorrectly, then that's shame on the Redskins. That's shame on the defensive staff, coaching staff. But here's the thing also. If the Redskins knew this, that he only played one side of the field, if he was limited to uh, zone and not man, then that's not a top corner in the league for me. Not unless my system specifically plays to his strengths and I know we're playing that system but you can't pay me top I can't for me I can't pay somebody top corner money and you can't do you can't follow you can't play at least both sides of the field if you're getting paid a certain amount of money for me you have to be able to play both sides of the field now mm-hmm. now if you're a man versus zone and you prefer one that's something different I can work that out in defense because you got defenses, you can play man on one side, zone on the other. You can you you can disguise stuff, but to be paid, if I'm paying you to be a top corner, when we play Dallas, I need you to be in Amari Cooper's face. He should have a 24 imprint on him somewhere after the game is over. When you go play Philly, I need you to be on Alshon Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Don't leave them. When we play New York, before Odell left, you need to be on Odell. Now it's going to be Sterling Shepard. You need to be on this guy the whole game. I don't need you anywhere else but right here because I'm paying you to be a top corner. I think they overpaid for Norman. But right now, you know, I'm not really not really one of my favorites. I don't think he's I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's top fifteen. I agree. I don't think he's a top fifteen corner in the league. And then if, if that's the case, then that means we're talking about bottom half of corners. And and, and and that's just that doesn't work for me with the money he's making. But on the flip side, if you cut him, who's the man who's the next man up? So it's just like Ooh, yeah, you saving the eight and a half, but you don't have the body to take the place. It's like you kind of got to eat what you paid right now. Well, you have uh, Quentin Dunbar, who's your number two, Adonis Alexander, Deion Harris, Danny Johnson, Fabian Moreau, Jimmy Moreland, who's a rookie, uh, DRC, who is father time right now. And Greg Stroman, those are your corners remaining if Josh Norman is cut. But you would have to hit that free agency list and see who's out there. And maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle with one guy. Well, see, the, here's the thing. If you're if you're cutting him to save eight and a half, and let who who are you going to get? Like, and I understand free do, does the team have another need? Can you run with the guys you named? You can. And can you, you know can what? you address another need on offense or defense? Yeah, with that eight million, you can see that. But, that's the thing. I, that that's where I would go. It, it, I, I'm not looking if if I'm cutting Norman. I'm not looking for another cornerback. It's going to be mm-hmm. next man up for me. I'm going to address a need 
whether it's more offensive line depth, whether it's finding or trading for a middle linebacker that 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 is a, a top, that's a different maker, a playmaker. That's what I'm looking for. But think about this. If you so happen to cut him, you got to go what you got. Pittsburgh front seven was so strong. Those years that they were dominant in the AFC and they were on the door before they kicked the door down, name their corners. Outside of Rod Wilson and Carnell Lake, name the corners that Pittsburgh had. Oh, I, I can't right now. I'm 30. <laughs> I'm 38. I, my mind doesn't work like that no more. <laughs> you know why you can't? Why? Because they weren't that good. When you had a uh, Greg Lloyd, Kendrell Bell, um, Kimo Van O'Hoflin, uh, 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 all those guys on the front seven over the, all those years, you had Hank Poteet back there. And, and uh, uh, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Ike Taylor. And they used to get torched if you got the ball out. But half the time, you couldn't get the ball out. You had to get rid of it that fast. Okay. So, so I'm I'm not saying that you know we can make it and we'll be we'll run run the NFC East because you know we we got a great front seven. It doesn't work like that. But um, what I'm saying is, if you let Josh Norman go, you got to go next man up. Those hey, look, if you're not ready, you better get ready. That's it, and that's all. And to your point about Josh Norman, yeah, I expect that. If we're playing the Cowboys and Amari Cooper decides to go get Gatorade, you better tell me what flavor he got. If Sterling Shepard decides to go to the bathroom, you better tell me how many times he shakes it. Yeah. Like, dude, you got to – I mean, you really got to be on him. I don't want to hit – oh, only play the left side. Well, Sterling Shepard, you're not going to line up on the left side all day today. Yeah. You're going to line up away from Josh Norman and go kill him. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <sighs> well – I think we had a, a, a productive first Redskins episode. Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't get too too loud and too ornery. Well, it's it's only May, so you got plenty well, you know, plenty of time for that. Plenty of time. You know, you know when the first roster hit and OTAs hit, man, I'm already ready. I'm I'm like old school. I'm like Hacksaw Reynolds. You know, I, I come to practice, you know, it's breakfast time. We ain't even hit the hit the practice field yet. I already got grass stains and eye black on, man, and I got my whole uniform on. I'm ready to get it. I feel you, brother. I feel you. Well, that is going to conclude our Redskins special, Sideline Junkies, brought to you by Anchor FM. We appreciate the any feedback. You can reach us at Sideline Junkies. 24-7 at gmail.com or Twitter, Sideline Junkies, Instagram, Facebook, however you want to reach us, talk to us, uh, Redskins Nation, HTTR, however you want to hashtag it. Uh, we'll put this episode out. Definitely, we, we, we enjoy feedback. We enjoy, you know, all your thoughts. So shoot, shoot us to us. BJ, KG, whoever you want to talk to or, or address anything we said. So you feel good about this one, KG? Yeah, I feel absolutely good, man. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, that whole Josh Norman thing. <laughs> Woo. I'm still upset about him calling the, calling the fans out last season. We show up and then you lay an egg. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother show. That's a whole yeah. nother show. But for right now, 
We're not going to burn your ears up anymore. Sideline junkies. We out of here, baby. Out. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.